Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. That's there. Talk Recorded live. Good morning. Good evening. Wherever you may be across the nation or around the world. Once again, you're listening to the VMware Community's Roundtable Podcast. This is podcast number 315. My name is Eric Nielsen, and with me today is my co-host, James Wormkessel. James, how are you doing today? I'm doing real well. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm doing uh, pretty good. Um, VMware's been an exciting time in the last couple months. We've had just the vSphere launches, vSphere uh, 6 with vSAN 6 and NSX and everything bundled together during that, uh, the crazy days of February are now behind us and we're into March and we're all decompressing, um, which is which is a, a great thing. Um, thanks for the guys that dialed in today. We don't have a big agenda for the show, but um, you know we are going to talk about all the news and events that are happening at VMworld. There's actually some pretty exciting stuff uh, coming up in the pipeline. So we kind of have open mic, uh, and I would like to thank uh, – uh, Tony Foster, who's on the call, as well as who else is on the on the call? Let me see. Graham, Graham, I think is on the call. Uh, Brian Gaff, Graff, uh, a couple others. Thanks for being on the. Thanks for dialing in, even though we didn't have an agenda. Open mic. Talk about anything we want. You can ask any kind of questions you want, and uh, I'll do the best I can to be honest and answer them if I know the answers. Um, so what's happening? Uh, uh, at VMware, John, uh, James, you're uh, you're busy with uh, uh, running all the blogs. We had a lot of blogs in February. Uh, yeah. Record number of blogs, record number of blog traffic. Traffic's been way up for the uh, the Planet B12C, and I just I'm literally in the process now of adding another couple hundred of bloggers to the feed. So the feed's going to swell again um, with more more great articles, more traffic, more exciting stuff. What's the URL to the feed? Um, you uh, wanna, yeah. I'll let you look it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. While we do that, the the other thing that happened, uh, somebody mentioned, um, where uh, Tony mentioned that we invited all the uh, VCDXs um, uh, into the VExpert program. A uh, little bit of little bit of conversation on social last week about that. What? How did that happen? What does it mean? So I thought I'd take a second and just say that. So VExperts is about it's a rewards program, right? It's a rewards brand and a rewards program for last year's activities, the social leaders, the evangelists, the communicators, the guys that are out in the field uh, engaging with VMware and making things happen. So if you write a book, you do a podcast, you uh, engage with customers at customer sites, there's a whole bunch of ways you can become a VExpert, but you don't you don't actually become a V expert. You're a V expert award winner is actually what you are, right? Now we say in a year V expert and we give you a year and uh, you're, 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 you're labeled as, as a V expert because you are actually being an expert out in the field, uh, out in the community. And so that's good, but it's actually a rewards program. And so what we looked at was all the VCDXs throughout uh, last year um, and 
99% of them qualified for the V-Expert Award. A lot of them didn't know that they qualified. And so what we did was work with the VCDX guys. And we have a joint party every year with them, so we're all mixing already. Um, and what we realized is that all of these guys um, qualified, and we do a lot of outbound marketing for V-Experts. So if you're a V-Expert, we have you on the list. We're trying to market um, your properties, your blogs, your posts, your tweets. Um, we actually have programs to give you all free licenses. Um, our goal is to make all of the experts as successful as possible. And so we thought it would be good to pull in the VC, uh, VCDXs because those people are also doing the same type of activities. And so all we want to do is actually just market uh, additional people, put them in the queue, because it is becoming our outbound marketing program where we try to drive traffic uh, to the V-Expert population. So bloggers should probably be in the V-Expert program. Hey, I, think, I, think, I think a lot of people are afraid of, of saying, hey, applying, because they'll think, hey, I'm not good enough to be a V-Expert. And, and, and I think that, that, that there's a little bit of apprehension, a little bit of fear. Right. And, and, and they also wonder, like, what did I do to qualify, right. or was I, am I an actual expert right. in a given area? And, and in the end, as long as you're an evangelist, right, and you're, you know, evangelizing, sometimes when we get nominations, uh, we actually go back uh, and look at a lot of the content and posts uh, and writings of the people. And if we actually see that you're, you're, you're not actually evangelizing VMware, right, uh, we won't give you the, uh, the uh, you won't become a V-expert. People are like, why didn't I become a V-expert? And we're like, well... Three out of the your four blog posts were things about other vendors, other other solutions, uh, and you really haven't really said anything interesting or positive or added to the conversation when you're talking about uh, VMware. So uh, that's why you didn't get the award. And so we do get like about 30% of the people that apply that don't actually get the award. And it's mostly because they're just not evangelizing and they're, they're, they didn't do anything. You go, wow, that we should reward you, give you free licenses and, you know, buy you dinners and do the things that we do uh, for that. So, uh, yes, we added the VCDXs, and I assume that then all the blogs from VD, VCDXs ended up in your queue to add to the, the, the Planet V12N, whatever it is, yeah, stream. Exactly. And there's been a lot of, you know, going through and making sure that the, that the feeds were cleaned up and making sure that, that everything was in alignment, and that's what I'm working on right now. But uh, about, about 500 people um, are, are, are being added to the program. Some of those will already exist, so probably the number will be smaller at the end of the day. But definitely swelling the numbers and, you know, right. well over 1,000 uh, 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 bloggers now in the plant in the planet feed, which you know just right. blows my mind from when I started. The thing that, that that strikes me is we don't actually market the the feed, and I always wonder where do people find the uh, the what is it planet V12 planet V12n V12n feed to be able to follow it because we do get a lot of followers and we actually track that. Uh, and we track all the readership and views that we get from those followers, right? Um, so uh, there's one thing that, like, how do we market that better? Because that's an aggregation of everybody's blogs to the VMware ecosystem, which there are like three or four million uh, customers now in our ecosystem. And in fact, we get, as I say, now we're at 9,000 new customers a week, right? So. Wow. In the community, we see how many new people have been added into the community every week. It's about 9,000 people. So how do we get that that stream, uh, that conscious stream of all our bloggers, the Planet V12N, out to everybody when we really haven't marketed that thing? So maybe we need to rebrand it, you know, the 
uh, a, a different brand or something that you know, like like VMware Livestream or Community Livestream or something like that, which is an aggregation of all the blogs. We've definitely given that a lot of thought, and and we'll probably see something like that happen in the right. in the in a timely fashion. Uh, uh, Zach asks a, a good question: Is there is is there any li talk of limiting the total number of V experts, or do you want to continue growing it as long as uh, people are evangelizing? Um, that's, a, that's a great question. We've looked at what's the possibility of actually sub-categorizing the vExpert, like into end-user computing, uh, storage, know, networking. storage, networking, and then have like a pro category, which would have like the top 200. Uh, but in the end, you got to remember it's an evangelizing, it's an evangelist kind of uh, reward program, and and the segregation into guys with stars on their bellies and guys that don't have stars on their bellies from Dr. Seuss. Um, I, 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 that just doesn't feel right for, for a reward evangelizing program. I think it's good to have just a big program. And so uh, I look at Microsoft um, in, their, in their heyday of power. They had 3,000 uh, MVPs. Right, uh, and this program, when I built it uh, and designed it in you know five or six years ago, was uh, basically to to compete against Microsoft and have an MVP program. And so um, my goal is when I'm at three or four thousand uh, V experts, right, out there evangelizing to a three to five million community, and now as we go into cloud services that community size is actually going to even accelerate in the number of people that we have running running cloud services. I think that we could go up to, you know, 5,000. It's interesting in that it doesn't scale very well, the budget number. Like before, we used to be able to give $50 things to, to the experts, and we still give all the licenses, but we were, we've, we've had to drop the Fusion license, right, because the the Fusion team required us to buy it, and if you're talking a thousand times fifty dollars, it's fifty thousand dollars to send out uh, Fusion licenses. So there have been some impacts in that it's been larger and larger. Um, but where we've seen that, we've also seen pickup in vendors. So we are building a vendor program for V experts, so that our our, ven our vendors can actually do things in an organized way with us to V experts. So. Um, that's that's what I would say. Is that yes, we're gonna to answer his question. Yeah, we're gonna grow it. We're gonna probably keep growing it until it hits you know, five or six thousand. Uh, and then we are building programs to allow vendors to do things for the experts, so that uh, we don't, you know, so that vendors instead of needing to build this this uh, this program, you know, because a lot of the different vendors are basically overlapping the programs. Um, what we'd like to do is just give vendors access to all the V experts as well, so that way you don't have to join 15 different, you know, uh, V expert programs, one for each vendor. There have definitely been a lot of vendors doing neat stuff at the at the show for V experts. Um, so that's anyway, something to think about. Sorry, we digressed. Uh, let me get back to some of the some of the stuff in the news. There will be some launches coming up. So I, I said that we got done with uh, the vSphere 6 launch. Um, there's going to be new launches coming up in April, um, and we're all busy working on that. Um, and you know, you can imagine there's maybe some stuff in mobile. Um, remember, we we own vCloud Air, um, and so uh, sorry, uh, Air AirWatch, um, um, and there's definitely some things in mobile coming up. So we're all busy with um, with some of that stuff because if you look at things that were announced uh, at 
in February for the vSphere launch, right, uh, we basically have three businesses. We have the SDDC data center, which is storage, networking, and compute. Uh, then we have um, mobile, right, and so um, mobile was desktop. Now it's being reclassified as mobile. Uh, if you look at uh, AirWatch and some of their mobile offerings, you pull all that together and you have a fairly compelling mobile strategy starting to develop. And, you know, as the world moves around on phones and uh, iPads, it's becoming an interesting space to manage. Uh, so we're going to see some interesting stuff coming up uh, there. Uh, and then there are some new things in the data center that are going to be announced. Uh, in April as well, and brand new projects that uh, can't talk about much, but we will have these guys on the podcast for April. So, um, and I would say that the one the, the, the one launch that uh, I'm not allowed to talk about that's new technology. Nobody's ever, nobody's even, it's not even on anybody's roadmap, right? From a standpoint of from VMware, uh, I think it's actually pretty cool, right? Uh, I've been in several meetings with it. I can't talk too much about it. Um, but it's a data center kind of play, um, but it's... Everything I've heard about it is just amazing. Yeah, that's what I would say. It's going to be brand new, brand new tech from VMware. No one sees it coming. Uh, you're going to get to experience it uh, in April. There will be a video. There will be a whole launch site, a whole video. It's going to be a whole nother, you know, that's going to be not going to be 28 days. It's going to be a smaller launch. It's going to be a week-long launch, right? But there's definitely going to be a launch. It's going to be an interesting, interesting tech subject, Um and no, it's not going to be ESXi support for Apple Watch. <laughs> but um, it, it's in that vein, right? I mean, it's down a down a road that I, you know, happen to love, but would have never seen VMware doing this, right? Is that is that a good way of classifying? Yeah, I would, I would say so. I mean, yeah. just yeah. Not, not too much to, you know. Yeah, I think I think that it's going to be something that people would not expect right. us to do, but I think that when they think about it, they're going to be like, "Wow!" Yeah, why did why, 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 why did it take so long? Exactly. Right, that makes a lot of sense, and it has run around a couple times at VMware and just never done it. Um, okay, so that's one of the teasers of April. Uh, we will have guests through April. Um, we do have uh, Horizon Air Desktop coming on uh, April first on the show, so we're already starting to queue up. Uh, people that uh, can come on the show and talk tech. Um, we really are just decompressing from uh, the 28 days of happiness. Um, it was it was a big effort from, yeah, uh, yeah. from so, the team here. Sorry we haven't managed to get a, a guest in. Other things in the news. Uh, VMworld call for papers. Paper. Call for papers. Uh, 0324. That's the date. They're going to open up call for papers. Um, I thought maybe we would uh, bring in the VMworld uh uh, rep who's responsible for um, uh, analyzing what we get in, right? Because, you know, the, the magic between, behind papers is if you want to get that free trip to VMworld, right, or at least get your conference paid, you know, the conference ticket paid for, if you get a uh, paper accepted, you don't have to pay the, the conference fee, right? You get, a, sure. you get a comped conference fee. I don't think they pay for hotel. They don't pay for travel. Uh, but I know they do pay for the conference fee to, for you to be there. But to get a paper accepted, you have to kind of know the categories, right, of what VMware is looking for for papers. And they take some number of papers in all subjects, but then they have definitely 
categories of papers they're looking for to highlight, you know, business solutions around, you know, NSX, VSEN, uh, et cetera. And I think there are some are higher priority paper topics. And so I thought it'd be interesting to have them come on and just talk about what papers they're looking for so that we don't get, you know, I think we got 1,200 papers submitted, 12 to 1,400 papers per year, and then they accept like 250. So you only have a one in four chance at best to getting your papers accepted, but um, I was just—I was just talking to some of the people from the events team last night, and I, you know, they're—they're they're just going gangbusters. That's going to be a—it's a whole different show this year. I think that there's some excitement coming there too. We definitely did. Um, so in the in the world of VMware right now, I mean, I know we're talking uh, marketing stuff now, but um, we got a new vice president, um, and in the last month and a half, the vice president that used to run corporate marketing. Uh, has left the company, and all of the events, including VMworld, have rolled up into uh, our new vice president, uh, Jeff Spicer, who uh, has taken that all over. And so there will be some changes to VMworld this year, right? So we have been running VMworld effectively the same way for the last six years. Um, uh, so this will be interesting to see how much change. They can't change it that much, but there will be some changes, uh, positive changes, South by Southwest kind of changes. Uh, so they're looking at a lot of new technology that they can integrate into VMworld, right? Um, and I think that'll be interesting. For So for examples of this that they're considering is uh, live streaming, right? So they're thinking about um, if you sign up for a session. Now this is all speculative. I can't commit to any of this. This is just these things are in discussion, but uh, one of them is if you, the mobile app, we're trying to make the mobile app show you availability of sessions so that if you're, if you're looking at session, you can schedule your session from your mobile app and then you can see the availability and then in real time you can see the line queue. So if you missed a session but you want to see the session, can you see the line queue? Also they're looking at, and if you can't get in the line because the line queue is too long, can you uh, sign up to watch that mobile, that session live stream on an hour delay, right? So that you're still seeing the session in real time or close enough to real time that you can still be involved with the conversation. So some of this technology pieces, they're actually going to try to move the ball forward. I, I think the whole show, I think they're going to move the ball, the, the show forward, the whole, the ball. They move the ball forward for the whole show, that's right. what I'm trying to say. Right. I think, I think, I mean, I'm excited to see. Uh, a, a more a more vibrant show, a more interactive show, a more uh, dynamic show. I, I think yeah. that's what we're, we're up for. Yeah, and I think uh, I think that's actually happening. And much like we've been doing these launches on our side and being m much busier in the social side of the house, uh, I think the event side of the house at VMware is you know going to be experiencing a lot of a lot of different innovative uh, technologies. Uh, Jeff Spicer, who's our our VP here now, uh, is a technologist, so it should be interesting. Uh, yep. Yeah. 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 Uh, could be. Could be. Could. Could be. Could be a whole, whole new event. I don't think it's going to radically, radically change. But they're also looking at the lab delivery mechanisms and how they're doing labs and how they set up labs and where do they put them and how how that all works and the whole thing. I know that we're moving the community area it used to be out in the hang space. Uh, we're looking at a whole social media community big board thing right in the uh, the VMware booth. Right. Oh, so. Yeah, so those are kind of changes that normally wouldn't we would never get a buy-in from, uh, but uh, with this, this might be a different year for us. Okay, uh, registration. When 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 can you register? Uh, VMworld May fifth. Um, 
that's when they say registration is going live. I don't know whether that's going to be stay committed, uh, but that's the current commit date is uh, call for papers uh, 0324, uh, registration May 5th. Um, that's currently the that's currently the the gig there with VMworld. Um, uh, we're in Barcelona again this year. Um, I don't know about the following year, but uh, if you're in Europe, you're listening in Europe, uh, these are the U.S. reg and the U.S. call for papers. Um, I've got to say that, you know, I'm really excited about the whole, whole VM world. It, it's such a great opportunity to meet our customers, to, to meet people who really uh, you know, put, put the rubber to the road and really <clears throat> understand what, what the technology does. And, and I'm always happy to talk to people about, you know, how our technology works or or some of the programs that I run, I run the yeah. water program and things. Hey, we got, you know, again, I, I use that number, we got 85, 8,700 new community members a week, right? So if you just multiply that by uh, 50, 52 weeks, right, then we're talking about uh, 200,000 new community members every year. It's, right? it's mind-boggling. Right. How and, many new people? Yeah, how many people are there? They, they show the stats on how many new people are at VMworld, right? And the new people are like almost 50, over 50% of the attendees at VMworld are actually new customers. So if we get 25,000 people at VMworld, right, that's only a, uh, one eighth of the new customer base that we acquired uh, throughout the year, right, that come to VMworld. But it's a great way to meet them, engage with them. If you're, if you're running a blog or you're running a, a property, it's a way to get your name out uh, and drive more traffic to your messaging, and obviously all, all the stuff is great, great, great place to see sessions and meet the guys that are writing papers and, and actually doing it. Uh, switching gears here, VMUG. Um, so VMUGs for this week, this is March 18th, if you're listening uh, on iTunes, um, you're probably too late for the Chicago VMUG, South Dakota, Spokane, all of those are today. Tomorrow, St. Louis, has a user conference, the VMUG user conference, Philadelphia, North Dakota, Providence, Kansas City, all tomorrow. Uh, then on the 20th, Southeast Idaho. Uh, next week, I'll just give you a couple. Uh, the week of the 22nd, uh, on the 24th is Germany, um, Southwest Ontario, Wisconsin. Hey, go, go Badgers. Uh, my son goes there. And then Wellington, uh, Wellington. Uh, on the 24th, on the 25th, uh, Wellington listed again. Don't know what they're doing there. Maybe a two-day thing. Houston, Germany, Miami, and Tulsa is on the 25th. 26th, Ireland, San Antonio, and Wichita. If you want to go check them out, it's www.viamug.com slash events. I'm just reading off the calendar. Uh, and then on the 31st, um, the Silicon Valley VMUG meeting, and I will be uh, doing a presentation there. Uh, at the at the VMUG, so it'll be my first presentation at a VMUG. Even though I've worked here for nine years now, I have never uh, presented at a VMUG. I have been to many VMUGs, but have never presented. So, if you if you're in Silicon Valley um, on the 31st, come to the meeting. You get to say hello to me and most of the other guys on the crew. All right, I think that was it for the news. Um, other than if you notice that we got sued uh, by the uh, guy in Germany, says that we're using the we're not we're not open sourcing our Linux distribution. That was in the news uh, this week. 
we are tracking all social conversations uh, on that subject. Just in case you want to say hello to me, you can always just uh, tweet about that, and I will see my daily roll-up. We are listening, huh? Of, of the of the Linux suit. Um, the conversation outbound with that is that um, we believe that we're doing the right thing. There's a, there's a, we have the we have the kernel, the um, and uh, then we have a plug-in, plug-in modules, um, and so we have used a plug-in module architecture so that the open source stuff that we do use is plug-in module uh, enabled. So that means that you're not contaminating your kernel code with the Linux code, right? Because they're plug-in modules that you you can install. So if you need support um, to use, I, I don't know what the pieces are that we're doing that, but it's plug-in module supported. And so the way we've architected it is the modules are their own source base and they're plug-in modules. And according to us, we think that's the, the safe way to not contaminate your main kernel base with open source code because there's this whole notion of cross-contamination of open source code, derivative works, and how that works. So you have to be very careful when you're engineering that you don't have engineers who have access to open source code working on your kernel or exposing cross-exposing cross the code. So we believe we've done the right thing and we have a difference of opinion, obviously, from the guys that are suing us, right, saying, um, we believe we've done it right. Uh, they believe that uh, if you're using any of that code, we should open source the the ESX kernel code, and it should all be open sourced. And uh, VMware doesn't get that, so that's kind of the where that's headed, and the, that's the that's the that's the suit. Uh, and we're going to defend the suit, and we think we're doing the right thing. Um, and we do actually contribute a lot of open source. So that was in the news. Um, I think that's it for the for the for the news. What's happening with VMworld? What we're doing inside of uh, uh, VMware? Um, so I guess it's open mic. Uh, anybody that's on the call wants to bring up a topic. I have one topic that I can talk about uh, today. Uh, but if anybody else has any other topics they'd like to talk about, um, feel free to to chime in either on chat or or on the voice call itself. Um, Thanks to Zach. Come out to Cincinnati. Um, I'd be happy to come out to Cincinnati. Next time you guys have a VMUG user group, just let me know when it is, and I'll come out and say hello. My old stomping grounds is Ohio. I grew up in Ohio, then I moved to Florida, uh, and then I moved to California. So I think if I ever run for president, I'll have yeah. uh, the, the mid Midwest, Central West, you know, depending on – if you're from Ohio, you're either in the East or the West, right? Half the people think that they live in the Northeast, and other half people think they would live in the Midwest. Um, but I got Ohio covered. I'd love to come out to Cincinnati sometime um, and uh, you know, in, you know, chill with you guys, right? And it's all about like talking math, huh? Shops, yeah. So okay, so um, I actually use Google Cloud this week, right? Um, there are so in the, in our, I'll just give you the I'll give you the total transparency. Um, we announced the uh, Google. Um, partnership, right? So our sales force is selling parts of Google Cloud services. They have some SaaS services. Now, this is an interesting thing for VMware, and it's become, it's, be, it's beginning to happen. It's a shift, right? Where VMware has always been in this platform business, right? Now they're starting to get in the software. When you get into vCloud Air, and you're an Air provider, you're a cloud service provider, and you're, you're offering platform as a service, which is you're selling VMs, it wasn't a stretch to say, well, 
if you're selling VMs, how about selling VM with a service on it? And that's not a stretch because we're selling vCloud Air. We could also sell um, software as a service like every other vendor does in the cloud business. And so we did a deal with Google to be able to sell some of their cloud services, which they have a search engine cloud service, which is pretty interesting, and they have several others. Like uh, there's five different cloud uh, services, and we should have somebody from Google come on Google come on the show and talk about these cloud services. But we're VMware did a deal where we're reselling uh, part of their services. They 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 use VMware. Uh, we're we're happy co-opetition type of vendor relationship. Um, but they also have um, a vCloud Air competitor. They actually sell VMs, right? They sell cloud services. Um, you can sign up, and you, I don't know if anybody's been asleep or under a rock, but we offer uh, a vCloud Air free trial, three hundred dollars, right? Um, so you, you spend, you get three hundred dollars free cloud services from VMware, and if I were to spin up a VM and then just leave the lights on, so they. Most of these vendors, cloud vendors, charge you not for CPU usage, right? Like how many how many CPU cycles you're using, but they charge you based on whether the VM is turned on, right? Whether it's booted. If it's booted, it gets a it gets a clock tick, right? And and so uh, VMware is giving you three hundred dollars to keep your VM on, right? Uh, and that's a fair deal. I calculate how long does $300 last you if I just have my VM turned on and have a have a WordPress instance installed or whatever. Hey, hey Eric, how much does it cost to have a VM yeah. instance, a VR instance turned on? One million dollars. Million dollars. Uh, it's $300 basically per quarter. Mm -hmm. So that, that so if they give me $300, it's $1,200 a year. Wow. If you go look at Rackspace, you look at uh, Amazon, uh, and now you look at Google, they're all basically in the same uh, same space. It's 300 bucks for a VM. Right? I mean, if you think about it, you know, you buy a machine and put it in a rack and yeah, 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 yeah. You don't have to buy the machine, right? So it's a you don't have to pay for the machine. You don't have to put it in a rack somewhere. You don't have to power it on. I mean, me, I like to go down to Fry's and get my motherboard and buy a eight-core CPU. And I, hate, I hate going to Fry's. I do that stuff, and then I boot them up, and then if I slice and die, I put 32 gig of memory in it. I can get, you know, I can get six VMs, and that machine cost me a thousand dollars. Plus, I got to have a, put it in a rack somewhere or get network connectivity to it. And so you can do it cheaper than this, right? Um, I, I think it's more for the, this is more the, for the professional people running a business that they've got to you know, spin up 20 VMs and they right. want to do it today. Right, right. But, yeah, and so there's ways to get it cheaper. But let me tell you, it's instant um, because, you know, me setting up a machine, getting a place to put it, setting up my network, buying the business package from Comcast so that I have, you know, high upload high upload and download speed with with uh you know with DNS enabled. Um yes, uh Wonderner, that's for a single server, twelve hundred bucks for a single VM. You don't even get a server, you just get a VM. Um one IP address, uh put your OS of choice on it and then run whatever you want on it. Um some of them charge for network connectivity and some of them charge for storage, right? So depending on the cloud vendor, Microsoft, Google, Amazon, or ourselves, um, but it's basically 1200 bucks per year per VM. 
Not even a server. Right. It's a VM. <laughs> it's a slice of a server. But they, you know, they they load. They 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 manage the load. They they keep it running. They're pretty fast. I've run them. Uh, so I did. I went to and so getting back to Google. So we've worked with Alex Meyer, who Alex is now a community manager over Google. I remember Alex. Yeah, sure. She's great. Um, and she's reached out saying, hey, we, you know, I run the Google platform as a service. We're partners now. Can I market to all of the experts? And <laughs> I'm like, well, the problem is we actually co-opetition here. And I think what Alex runs is the platform as a service, which means that she's selling VMs, right? And so we probably will not give Alex a big giant bear hug because it's a little bit of a co uh, uh, competition, co-opetition kind of environment. But anyway, so lately in my Twitter feed, because uh, I'm big on Twitter, I'm always on Twitter, tweet, 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 tweet all the time, um, I'm noticing Google ads for uh, platform as a service uh, in my Twitter feed. So they're spending some big money on paid Twitter. And I know because when I run, pay, I'd run some paid Twitter, like I for launch, uh, $20,000. I put $20,000 in to do some paid Twitter. Twenty grand was gone in less than a day. Isn't it amazing how yeah. fast those yeah. dollars go? Yeah, so 20K is gone in a day <laughs> when you do paid Twitter. And that, you know, goes in, uh, they have a fairly sophisticated search engine where I can look at who I want, you know, ads to go out to. Um, Google has been showing up in my Twitter feed every day. So my guess is that Google has outlaid maybe a million dollars ad campaign to get in front of people like VMware people, right, TV experts, others. Um, and that will show up in your Twitter feed. You get that. And guess, guess they're, they're offering the $300 offer just like what we do with vCloud Air. Anyway, I took them up on it. I went, I, I, I set it up. And I had a VM up running worth with um, with uh, WordPress installed in about 30 minutes with my own IP address, right? With their the, with the, the IP address they gave me oh, in and out. In, in and out. How was how was the experience? Um, they had a couple bugs, like you know they the VM was up and uh, running, you know, within I think a registration took me about 10 minutes to register with the service. It took me another 10 minutes to look through their menu option of uh, payloads. So, you know, Docker is out there. I don't think they they integrate Docker, but they actually do integrate. They have a VM payload selection portal that where you can go through, and they have, like, development portal things like Ruby on Rails and PHP, LAMP, a uh, bunch of different uh, platform uh, level services, and then they have upper level uh, software as a service option. So WordPress was one of those options. So I, you know, you can choose a LAMP, you can choose a Ruby on Rails, you can choose all that. I chose a deploy me an OS with a WordPress instance, and so uh, they they deployed Fedora. Mm -hmm. um, so got myself a Fedora, and it gave me a SSH connection to it. Got to use their their little GUI SSH. Um, yeah. I didn't figure out how to SSH in directly. I you might be able to. Uh, once you get your IP out of the process, then you can maybe SSH directly in without their GUI. Uh, but they call it Google SSH, the GSSH. So I think it has special sauce in. I don't think you can just SSH. Got your VM up running. Then they installed WordPress. The WordPress the deployment of the WordPress 
and configuration of the database with your database password so you have a unique password so people aren't hacking your WordPress. Uh, that was a little bumpy. They had issues there. Their instructions were just wrong. Hmm. You know, but you're you're not, you're a tech guy, you know, and if you've done WordPress installs before, you know what, you know their bugs, and then you go work them out. So they had like three or four different bugs that if I were just a complete novice, I would have been stuck. Um, but, you know, it was easy to debug. And, you know, within a half an hour or 30 minutes, I had uh, had a full instance of WordPress, you know, I could deploy themes, I could deploy plugins, I could do everything I would normally do with WordPress. And and that machine is still up. Uh, they did take my credit card number, uh, and so, turn it off before. Yeah, yeah. They turn off. And, I do. So now VMware has the same thing. I don't know if anybody on the call or anybody uh, listening has actually used the three hundred dollar service for VMware, but it's equivalently the same thing. Um, I have not used their application <coughs> yet either to see how easy it is to deploy a payload to the VM. I don't think VMware has a very rich payload distribution, I think they just give you the VM and then uh, you can decide, uh, pick an OS, I think they have OS choices there, uh, and then you can you can go from there. Google has a lot of integration with, with their stuff, so that's one of the one, I, I don't know if it's an advantage, but it's certainly, if you kind of get into the Google way, and you know, it all works together, yeah. mostly sometimes. Yeah, they're giving you this lamp stamp with, uh, uh, Angular setup and you know things like that. Where if you're using like we use Angular and we use uh, Google Windows GWT, GWT yeah. yeah, they have that, and so you get you get a lot of that already uh, configured. Um, VMware is absolutely looking at the space and looking at you know the the VMs and then how do you deploy payloads to VMs, right? Like, do we have Docker integration yet? Are we going to do Docker integration? Um, my guess would be. Um, I would expect to see that um, and, and other things that allow you to have these services and then we can offer sales packages of services. And then, you know, obviously on demand, the interesting thing about VMware, which uh, it didn't get from Google, was that they don't charge for networking, they don't charge for storage, right? And so um, vCloud, no, vCloud Air. vCloud Air, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, that's big. Uh, VMware, I think Google does, they oh, charge Google for network charges for every every little yeah. thing, right. uh, how many megabytes, how many kilobytes, all, every little right. is. Right, so um, so the, I think that's that, that's one of the interesting things for me is that even in my co co co-hosted location that I run right now, um, I'm charged for networks, or I, I have to stay under a certain threshold. I'm not running anything there, it's mostly my sandbox and toy playground, um, so I don't have to really worry about it. Um, but <coughs> for, for myself, if I were going to do something that had a bit more network bandwidth, I might flip over to VMware. Nowhere do they give me a way to get my VM out of the No, 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 you're in, you're in. Yeah, I didn't see the how to uh, how to get my thing out, right? Now, wasn't there also some aspect of air that if you have a data center um, at, at work or wherever the data center is and you want to extend your data center, that there's some built-in tools that vCloud Air supports? Yeah, yeah, there, vCloud Air has connectors and guys on the call probably know, you know how that all works with Orchestrator uh, to be able to move your VM, VMs around. And they do, they do have the ability to, to move that. I don't think it's seamless. I don't think it's one button click. It's not certainly not drag and drop. There's quite a bit of work yet still that you have to do to set up to get your VMs. 
to move around, and then have the network routes set up properly. Uh, they are going to have an NSX and network routing configured so that you can truly have a true hybrid cloud environment. I know they're moving towards that. Um, I don't think it's ready yet. I think it's. I think a lot of the stuff in vSphere uh, 6 started to set the stage for how you could drag and drop VMs from your hybrid, uh, your data center out to the vCloud Air. I don't think that's working yet. I don't think that's as seamless as we'd like it to be. I, but I don't think that Google's really going to ever support that level of extending your your data center that VMware can offer. No, I, I, I don't. I, I think that that's why they're working with VMware. I think there will be some integration. Um, I, I would just tell you a kind of uh, an interesting inside story. So Pat Gelsinger came down and was talking to us. Uh, we had a we had a meeting with them at our last all hands, and he came down and did a kind of like a fireside chat, and he took questions at the end. And that was one of the questions I asked him is like, you know, what's our long term, you know, strategy with Google? Where are we going with them, right? And what does it mean to be in coopetition with them? Um, and I, I think his answer was kind of interesting. He was like, "Look, you know, they've invested, they've invested more than Amazon. They've invested more than uh, um, more than Microsoft in their in their IT cloud infrastructure, right? So why would we not partner with them, right? Um, if they can drive the cost down to like really, really, really low numbers, why would we not just start?" wholesale engaging with them with vSphere, right, and make them part of our hybrid cloud offering, right? Um, because in the end, uh, Paul Moritz, back our, our original uh, CEO, right after Diane Green left the company, uh, he, he put together some 20, 30-year-out projections on VM costs, right, and storage costs and networking costs. And basically what he, his, his, his theory was that all of it's going to drop to almost zero. Yeah. The cost to operate a VM, the cost to operate to, to have storage and to have networking is going to drop to like, that's not going to be the cost, right? The costs are going to be the people that run the service, right. but the actual cost, the compute storage and network physical costs are going to drop to so low, they're not going to be relevant. It's like, you know, it's like when you turn on your radio in your car, yeah. right? The cost of electricity to run the radio is not relevant to the cost it takes to move the car down the street. Do right? you remember we used to pay a dollar a minute for long for long distance phone calls? Right. Right now it's right. Yeah. And it's, and right. It's, it's the right. same type of thing. And so they had some projections, and that's like long term strategic planning that Moritz was doing, right? Um, and, and he's off running Pivotal now, right? And so um, that's 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 what he's doing. He's like. You know, the cost is actually going to be in the application development and the application frameworks that you have to have to run software, but the actual compute data center costs are going to really, really continue to drop down lower and lower as these giant cloud vendors become massive, right? Um, and so it's interesting to see Google in there. But VMware is still investing in cloud infrastructure, so the, the agreement between us and Google doesn't really negate that. Um, but uh, it's certainly an interesting co-opetition. It's interesting to go play with that, spin up a VM, see how easy it is. It was fairly clean. Was able to do it without a lot of trouble. Um, so I would I would rank it uh, medium high. The numbers get interesting when you start saying 1,200 per VM, and then you multiply it by 300 VMs, right? And if I have my handy calculator out here, let's say I was running a, a small Small enterprise with you know 300 VMs uh, times 1,200.
And those cars, you know, those cars, you know, three million. No, that's not that bad. Three hundred sixty thousand. That can't be right. Twelve hundred. Yeah. Uh, so maybe it isn't that bad. Three hundred VMs at twelve hundred a piece. Did I do the math right? Uh, zeros. It's hard to see on an Apple calculator. No, three point six million. Um, so. You know, that's where the numbers, you know, 3.6 million goes to VM costs alone, right, let alone, you know, operating the VMs and having an administration staff that's doing something with those VMs. But that still might be, you know, useful and and important. So how much is hybrid versus how much is going out of those? And then to Paul Moritz's question, how how low a price does this go? Like, how cheap does it get? Sure. How much does your VMs actually end up costing you year after year, storage, networking, physical gear versus using uh, vCloud Air. I know VMware is starting to comp their salespeople not on uh, how much vSphere they sell anymore. Right? They're starting to look at how much, how many, how many VM licenses in the cloud did you sell, right? Or how many hybrid cloud uh, VMs, uh, what, what's the, the package is going from a buy vSphere to by cloud VMs or by hybrid cloud VMs, and we're your hybrid cloud infrastructure provider or uh, infrastructure. So even even VMware is starting to look at the industry as more of a cloud business, and that we're plumbing for the cloud, but we're selling it in terms of cloud enablement, right? Versus selling it in terms of here's our software installer, here's ESX, here's vSphere, go buy vSphere. They're actually starting to look at those deals as enterprise deals are consumable, consumable software, and how much consumable are you using? Um, so I've talked a lot. Anybody have any questions um, or take a break? I will say uh, I got this package together um, to offer VMs to the V experts, right, and to actually offer VMs for a year. I think it would be super cool just to offer VMs to everybody for a year, right? I mean, and everybody that's listening to this call, that's on this call, you're probably either a V expert, a VCDX, or a strong community member, and so this is why you're listening to the call on iTunes, because you're one of us. And wouldn't it be great if we just give VMs to everybody? I mean, there's probably only 3,000 of us, right? And so I look back to the costs, I go, okay, 3,000 times 1,000, that's 3 million. But really, does it cost us that much? Could I get it cheaper? Sure. Uh, so I'm definitely running out with a, a, a thing in, a, in Q3 where I'm going to give out 100 VMs for a year. Sure. And I love the idea of marketing it for a year. You get a VM for a year. Yeah. So that way you can just get it. You don't have to worry about it. It's charging me $30, $50 a month. That It's like, hey, I'm giving out VMs for a year. What would you do with your VM? Yeah, what do you, you got a VM for a year. What do you do? do they, yeah. Yeah. And then if you do something interesting with it, well, maybe you'll get another VM, you know, another year VM, or maybe you'll decide that $1,200 is worth keeping. Hey, up. maybe you're right. making money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but it's kind of like we give away all the licenses to our software right now to the V experts. Wouldn't it be cool if we also give you a VM so that you could just have some uh, some place to go put put your software? Try it um, out. Yeah. So we're definitely gonna run with that in Q3. Um, and the interesting thing about that is when I when I proposed the idea of VM for a year, uh, I got some pushback from the from the vCloud Air guys. Really. They didn't like the idea of terming it VM for a year. 
<laughs> their logic is they want to train everybody to do consumable computing. Mm-hmm. So a year is too long a consumable. Oh, that yeah. is why they did they didn't do VM for a quarter. Mm-hmm. They are you know uh, or three months a quarter not like twenty five cents but uh, VM for a quarter uh, would be like that's a three month period. We don't want you to think about it like a machine for a uh, for a quarter. We want you to just have three hundred dollars and then you're consuming it for whatever services you need to consume it for, which, by the way, the service you can get is a VM. But it's a, it's a way of actually uh, um, exposing that. So uh, they would like to expose it as consumable compute resources mm-hmm. and consuming by dollar amount, right? Where I like to say, it's a machine, here's a machine, We're, I'm giving you a machine for a year. So it's a subtle way of looking at it. Right? Well, yeah, it's a way of thinking about it, because, you know, having machines sit there idle for, for a year is... is not very valuable, right? You need networking, who you're going to talk to, what, what's it going right. to do. Right. And, and it's yeah, definitely a different is. way of thinking about right. how, how your computer's going to cost you. But me being old school, yeah, um, old school. I tweeted out today just as a last thing because no one's joining in the call. I, I'm definitely going to try to get VMs for all the experts in vCloud Air. Mm-hmm. So I will say it right now. You should do I'm it. working towards that. Um, it's going to cost me a million dollars. I don't have a million dollars. I have in the order of like hundreds of thousands. I have $100,000 I can spend mm-hmm. here and there. Um, my, my total budget isn't that, that, that big. Um, but if I can get uh, Bill Fathers to um, to donate the VMs, right, like we donate the licenses, yeah, I mean, yeah. how much is it really costing us, right? I mean, I know we have to make money, we have to make a living, so we have to sell those. But we don't sell our licenses to be experts, so why do we have to sell our VMs right. to, to our community members who want to go give this stuff a try? And they are giving a quarter's worth of VMs for free, one quarter, a VM for a quarter for free, but I'd rather push that to, like, V experts get a VM in per- in perpetuity. Right. right. Well, so if you're going to keep working every, yeah. every year, you're going yeah, you to VM. You get a VM from us, right, to, yeah. to run run stuff on. Um, yeah. So we we will. Uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna try to do we're that. We're gonna do it. Yeah. yeah. And I did get some pushback, but uh, still gonna push it anyway. You're gonna go back up to Bill Fathers and see if I can ask him for a million dollars and see what he got in the pocket. Yeah. Or just you know, it's just give it give us give us the VMs for free. Uh, get them out there, um, let people play with everything that we sell, uh, which is what we're trying to and do. And I think that's important because, you know, when you use it and you actually sit down and you, and, you, and you figure out, you know, there's all these problems, but, you know, you figure that out, and then you're engaged in it, and, and now you want to, you, you have a good experience, you want to continue. But, see, I, I have a problem with this whole thing because I like servers, I like hardware, yeah. and I'm old school, right? Like, I like putting we're, we're, we're old school. Uh, putting things in a rack and seeing it and booting it up and being able to debug things, walk into the data center and hit the power button if I need to. So um, I'm just old school that way. So I, I struggle with this idea that I have an IP address with a VM running my WordPress, and I've never seen it. And, I'm, and, I'm, just, and I'm just the other way because I just assume – Put it in the cloud. I don't have to have IT work on it. And when I want to spin up a website, I want to build a project. I build a project. When I want to deploy it, I push the deploy button. And I never have to worry about is the server up today? Is the server down today? Is it crashed? Did it run out of memory? Is the disk full? And you know, I well, that's because you just write too much software. Well, <laughs> I write it in Java, so you know, you and I have a fundamental disagreement about Java. Yes, we do. Um, speaking of disagreements, we're nearly at the top of the hour. I will throw in my favorite rant of the week, which is. Did you see the new re- uh, release of the 
new Apple machine that has a single port to charge and to. I was about uh, to, I was about to ask you for one. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm like I tweeted out. I think Apple, if they keep going in this direction, they're going to just have the eye pencil. Right, and because they're like it's really sleek and it's elegant and it doesn't require any power and no network ports, and so I tweeted out like Apple is turning computers into not computers. I mean, they they should just not say they sell computers anymore because their keyboard has got super flat. So you can't type on it fast anymore. Like the old keyboards, man, the ones that are deep and rich, like what you can still buy on PCs for gaming, those things are beautiful and you can really type fast because your fingers sit deep in them and they have a lot of long, you know a lot of action. Uh, they got rid of the keyboards. Yeah. Uh, they went super, these super flat, you know, hard to do. Uh, the only problem I have with, the, with the, 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 the single connector is, you know, my iPhone has a connector, which I'm sure is a little bigger than, smaller than that, but, you know, that new iPhone, and that cable breaks, and and, yeah. and I don't know how many of those cables, those lightning cables I've gone through, it must have been 20 of those. Yeah, cave, cables yeah. break. Uh, I don't, you know, like, just no, no ports. No, no ports. No ports. So dongle, I, I'm, I'm gonna put a, a black jacket on. I'm gonna say, buddy, psst, you wanna, you wanna, you wanna dongle? <laughs> I think somebody needs to do a, you know, the old Mac PC. Uh, I, I, I am aware. Yeah. Somebody should do one of those spoofs, right, where the new Mac guy is wearing a K, a, you know, jacket. He goes, buddy. Hey, you wanna, wanna pour or pin a bunch of dongles on him. So that got rid of the dongles. She got rid of, you know. Deep, rich graphics on the Mac. She got rid of like so. I I, I now I've gone back to the dark side. And oh I'm, man! I'm, I'm running x86 clone machines and uh, yeah. Wow. Red Hat is my friend. CentOS is my friend. Uh, I'm slowly backing away because I'm not I'm not there yet. I I love my Mac and and you can have it when you pry it from my cold cold dead fingers. <laughs> yep. It'll be easier because the keys are flat. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Right. Um, so yeah, I, another another year, another another week in tech. Uh, next week we will have uh, a guest. I promise. Uh, you won't just have to listen to us ramble. Thanks for everybody listening on iTunes. Um, really cool launches coming up in April. Um, very excited about it. You know, I'm sure we'll leak some of the stuff out because it's just hard not to leak leak a little bit of the information out already. Um, don't forget to watch for uh, call for papers on 0324. Um, James, thanks for being on the show in short notice. Corey Romero, we do have a Mike Laverick replacement uh, for the show, a pretty heavy tech guy coming out of tech marketing. I can't, uh, I can't announce his name yet because um, uh, I, ha- I have to, I have to meet with him and talk about you know, <laughs> exactly. April. Higher, higher birth. Yeah, no, he's he's on board. He's uh, super excited about it. He's fairly technical. He is in California, which will be nice because Mike Laverick was always uh, in UK, so we couldn't really strategize on guest interviews and that kind of stuff. So we did get a new tech guy um, who is fairly technical that is going to be my co-host on the show, so that'll be good. And so hopefully by next week I can make that announcement and maybe he'll be on the show next week as well. Well, I'm always here for you if you ever need me. Uh, Thanks, James. Thanks for just being my chat buddy. Uh, Thanks for everybody joining the call, even on open mic, uh, even though there was very little open mic conversation because I just never shut up. Uh, Anybody want to say anything before we go? Give everybody a minute. Um, Exciting times. vSphere Genera GA happened last week. So uh, if you want to get the bits, they are now on the Download Center. 
We've been tweeting that out all week. Uh, vSphere 6 GA available. Uh, download. You can go get them. Labs are up. Everything's happy. Um, thanks for everybody joining. Uh, we'll see you again next week with a guest. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.